Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired. Kairos. Shazanga. Shots fired, shots fired, shots fired. You know that shots fired. Come on, man. <laughs> Are you telling me that this isn't the best intro you've ever heard? Come on now. Shots fired. I mean, really and truly, that is, I would say, the intro to kill all intros. Thank you so much to, for fuck's sake, Wido for grabbing that together for us. That just sounds incredible. Every time I hear that, it sounds brand new. But you know what doesn't sound brand new? The Three Musketeers. Chisanga, no longer, uh, well, no longer. He's not able to join us this week, but he will be in a pre-recorded form. But I am joined by the ever-intrepid G. What up? And the man in black is here to attack because he's not whack. And that's a fact. Oh. It's Kairos. With Kairos. <laughs> without Chisanga. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we should have? We should have a battle. A freeway battle. That's like a little cypher going on. I'm down. Oh my God. I got bars. I don't have bars, but I'm, I'll do my best. So. <laughs> anyway, before we uh, before we get into the bars, how you doing? How you, G? I'm good. I'm, I missed last week's show. I missed y'all. I'm back. But, you know, I, I missed Chisanga. But I'm, I am happy to be back with you fellas. Mm. How about yourself, Kairos? I'm doing well. My life is in shambles. Now it's a brighter beginning. Oh. Because of the magic camera. The magic mm-hmm. camera, which has miraculously fixed itself. Or did you do some chicanery behind the, behind the uh, curtains there? I went to a pro video shop and I watched like hours on how to fix this camera. So, that, oh, wow. Yeah. wow. <laughs> we here, baby. We here. Good. You dedicated. Good. Incredible. Shots fired episode six, as I mentioned, the three musketeers this week. Now, um, I mentioned that Chisanga isn't here this week, but he is going to be in pre-recorded form. He's going to be hitting us up with an interview with East London's finest, Darren the Dentist Stewart, who's speaking ahead of this incredible card, which is going to be, um, well, before playing out before our very eyes this coming Saturday and apparently um, Darren the Dentist Stuart um, was Skyping Chisanga in, uh, in, in in well in little or next to nothing so I'm told I'll leave that to your imaginations but speaking of uh, East London's finest sticking with London I also talked to Dominique Wooding um, when my talking point comes up to add a little bit of colour to what I'm bringing to the table but you know something in the time-honoured fashion, I think it's only right that we let ladies go first. What are you bringing to the table this week, G? Ow. Um, okay, so my segment today is going to be a little bit different, fellas, because it's, okay. it's it's not about fighting. It's about the fighting we do online on MMA Twitter. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I've been on Twitter since 2009, and I've been on MMA Twitter for maybe three and a half years. 
And let me tell y'all, I am having a ball. The ride has been amazing. I have been laughing nonstop and talking shit about MMA with these crazy ass people. And I'm losing it. I'm having such a good time. I have friends that, you know, I finally can talk about MMA with and more. Michael thought it was a good idea to put my black ass on a podcast. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but he did that shit. And here we are talking to each other. Um, I blo- but you know what? Go ahead. You know what? Let me just jump in straight there. I know you haven't even started your point. No. But you know why? You know why I love you and the reason why you're here week in, week out is because from the day that I started reading your tweets you have not changed you have been the same person day in day out regardless of the haters regardless of those who love you you have not tweaked you have not tinkered you have not actually done any social engineering with regards to yourself you've always remained the same and i love that thank you for bringing that and thank you michael he knows i love compliments cairo so you know he does this sometimes but thank you um i'm smiling and blushing and thank you michael but i'm actually going to discuss that in a sec because it's like this ain't even though i'm talking about me mike this ain't about me and you'll get that in a sec but anyway Kairos, even you got some. I blocked Kairos because I had PM <laughs> because I had PMS and he got on my nerves. And then wow. no, I, it's a it's an issue in this household. Don't get me wrong. So like I blocked him because I was in like a bad mood. And then I started to miss him. And then I unblocked him and started to follow him. All sneaky. True story, Kairos. Um, <laughs> then I met who? Chisanga. Not online, bitch. I met him backstage because someone thought it was a good idea to give me media credentials to cover UFC two four. Because why I'm always running my mouth on this goddamn podcast and tweeting funny shit. When I'm telling y'all that I am having a ball on MMA Twitter and I feel certainly blessed, I most certainly do. But while I'm having a ball, fellas, I'm not realizing something. And, 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 and it's crazy because what I'm not realizing is that a lot of people that I interact with on this platform, they define themselves or get their self-worth from their Twitter persona, meaning the likes wow. and the retweets and the interactions that they have means a lot to them, and it's a big fucking deal. So, for instance, when someone jumps in my mentions and it gets to that time of the, you know of us speaking that I have to be like, get the fuck out of here, go suck kind of off, you damn stand. I think we're just playing around or like this is just sports fans going back and forth. But I have insulted someone that has really taken this very serious. Like they take this shit serious. Like for me to do that and for other people to see me doing that and for other people to join in and be like, Gina, that was funny. You legend. And then I'm kind of popular. I can I didn't know I was causing people distress. (laughs) You know what I mean? So. What Mm. happens is when you do something like that, that person gets upset. They might even deactivate their page and they come back like as a parody account or they get their friends involved and they start photoshopping stuff and then it takes a turn for the worse. They start doing something called doxing. You guys know what doxing is? Isn't that like putting your personal details all on show so people know where you live and your mobile phone, basically putting your, your, your whole world um, on Twitter. Yeah, and it's it's been a topic of discussion lately. And doxing, I'm going to pull it up for y'all so that everybody and the listeners and all of us know exactly what it is by definition. Mm. It is to search for and publish private or identifying information about a particular individual on the internet, typically, and here's the, the best part, with malicious intent. Mm. And I'm seeing MMA Twitter go down this route. 
you know, because it started with like parody accounts, people yelling at me and stuff like that. And then unfortunately, I was a victim of this um, occurrence. And that's when I was like, let me pump the brakes here. What is going on online? And that's when I realized I didn't grow up online. So I don't take this stuff as personal as them. So when there's like 3,000 people yelling at me that I'm the worst thing on MMA Twitter, I feel absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, I don't really see it because I changed my settings because I just don't want to be bothered with that. And there's so many other people to focus on that are actually nice and MM, actual MMA fans that want to talk about MMA. And it doesn't bother me because I don't get my self-worth from my page. But Mike Kairos, I think we're dealing with people that do. So my question to you and my concern is, do you think this is going to take a turn for the worse on MMA Twitter? And do you think we're going to have some type of like scandal where someone self-harms themselves when they do this to the wrong person? I'm built for this shit. None of this shit bothers me. It's why I've never changed. I change my settings. I ignore it or I laugh about it in my free time. I try so hard not to encourage it, but some of this shit is funny, Mike. And it's because... I didn't grow up online and I don't give a fuck. But what if they do this to the wrong person? Am I tripping mm. or do you see a change in MMA Twitter? And I think it's getting darker. And I think I think we could see a scandal. What are your thoughts? Go, go on, Kairos. I know you're chomping at the bit right. there. Go on. I think we already seen it and we just wouldn't know. Like if someone were to harm themselves, it's not like, let's say, for instance, let's just take it to the worst possible scenario. Let's say someone kills themselves. We would never That's know. That's what it's I'm not, thinking. Yeah, we yeah. would never know. It's like they killed themselves. They're not going to post tomorrow like, hey, guys, I ended it all. I didn't blah, blah, right. blah, blah, You know, and it's a sad thing to think about that a lot of people really hold value to, like, this app. But a lot of people also pick and choose who they want to allow to do stuff with. Like, you can get on there and you'll troll and someone will try and drag you for trolling. But let somebody else try and troll. And it's like, oh, that's hilarious, buddy. You got Dan Hooker to tweet you. Ha ha ha. That's so funny. But let's you say something and you didn't even tag a fighter. And then you're somehow a bit vict or a yeah. villain rather. You know, they yeah. try and vilify people just because they don't like them per se. And it's just like, I don't understand how people can sit here and try doxing people over a disagreement or doxing because you don't like them per se. Like Because that shit means so much to them, Kairos. Like, when I tell somebody to suck my dick, it's a lot deeper than I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like you're destroying their life. Like, they've put so much into their Twitter page and persona. Like... And the reason why I say this is from the ex experiences that I'm having. The other day, some guy tweeted me like, yo, you tweeted this and you only got seven likes. You're canceled. And meanwhile, I don't care how many likes my tweets get or like <laughs> if two people like it or 132. And don't get me wrong. We all like when we tweet something and a thousand people retweet it. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> but I can't say. I <laughs> yeah, like I'd be like, oh, high five. Motherfuckers like my shit. But I can't say that if only two people like it that I want to jump off a bridge or do I consider myself yeah. canceled and that's when I thought to myself whoever said this to me he's even looking at my numbers he's even, he thinks that about me because that's how he feels about himself like this shit is serious and they all into doxing and shit but what happens when they dox a motherfucker that's not built like me I don't give a fuck about none of this shit y'all dox me and show up and y'all gonna come to my black ass neighborhood and fight me no you're not like, I'm not afraid of none of them. I, I got it taken down. I don't care. And it doesn't hurt my feelings when 3,000 people say I ain't shit because I, I don't care. I don't know who y'all are. But I'm so worried for MMA Twitter. Y'all didn't notice the cropping of tweets now and the photoshopping of DMs and actually framing people online? Yeah. 
Y'all, yeah, y'all noticed that, that shit? Yeah, they tried that with you a while back, didn't they? Oh, they've done it a few times with me. But the thing is, mm-hmm. with me, it makes me laugh. Like, I go in the DMs and be like, yo, they said I read the Quran. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, you, like, they're ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, And they don't realize that I go in, in the DMs and show the girls, or I show my best friend who's not even on Twitter, like, did you do you see this Photoshop? They made me look like 6ix9ine. And we, cra- and we cackle. But I don't do it online because I don't want to encourage them. But I do laugh at them. And I think it's really funny that I'm like this terrible person. But people are not built like me, Mike. These kids grew up online, y'all. You know what I mean? Like, the, I'm worried, the, the, the is worry, what I'm saying. The, 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 the worry that I have is exactly how you framed it. These are people, and you know, seemingly fragile individuals yes. who their whole life is based online. So, one, any amount of disrespect is an attack on their life mm-hmm. because this is where they base their existence. Mm-hmm. But two, they go to such lengths to get retribution, they're going to get somebody else's ass entangled imagine imagine putting someone's details i'll just put this scenario out there putting someone's details online this is the address where said person lives Mm -hmm. you as someone reading those details turning up to that person's address trying to get into that person's address and having a gluck put in your face and your brain's blown out how about that or how about this you know what i think about i saw a thread of men talking about spitting on me and i think because i had made a crude joke about spitting but again when i joke online i don't know people are taking me serious like they actually think that i would spit on somebody or that i would throw a bottle at colby covington they don't know that it's like i this is satire folks this is my shtick but instead, they take me serious because they're so into this Twitter shit and their persona that they think that me too, like this page is who she is. So I saw a thread of 100 men talking about spitting on me. Mike, I'm very recognizable. If I go to a UFC fight, do I have to worry about somebody that's like, that's her and spits on me? It's not necessarily yeah, yeah. somebody coming to your house. It, I think that's like a little outlandish. It is dangerous. That's why people have doxing and addresses taken down. However, yes, we do go to UFC fights. I cover them or I go on my free time. You know, that's why I'm getting a little nervous. Not that it's hurting my feelings, but these people don't have boundaries. I have the self-esteem to be like, I don't give a fuck what y'all think of me. The only person I'm worried about is my parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if my mother was in my mentions, I quit it. I'd be like, okay, mommy. You know what I mean? But other than that, fuck y'all. I don't care that y'all don't like me, but not everybody's built like this. And also, to reel me in, Kairos, are you seeing a change in MMA Twitter? Did it not go from parody, annoying parody accounts and now they're like, it's normal to Photoshop someone into saying something racist? Yeah. yeah, it's like a renaissance with how much they're trying to destroy people's like livelihood or try and make them look bad. Like, uh, like I'm I'm waiting for the day where someone decides, like, let's say someone's having an intimate conversation with another person and they decide, all right, well, let's post some pictures to a group chat of 40 people. Hey, I'm waiting for that day to happen because that would be something yeah. crazy and it'd be so sad to see. But like, yep. It's so, like, it's getting beyond, and like you said, I feel like that's the common nightmare that people aren't thinking, like, if you weren't built for this, exactly, like, what if the person that that happens to isn't built for that, and then they go off the handle? I'm worried, yeah, yeah, and it's like, I think people think, like, oh, I'm this mean person online, and this, this, and that, but it's like, not really, I'm mean to people that jump up and disrespect me, but I'm actually concerned for the whole community, because I am really seeing a change for the worse. I remember being annoyed with like parody accounts. I remember people just impersonating me. And now it's getting to the point that like people like are framing each other online. And I think y'all are not gonna learn until something bad happens. 
Yeah. And and yeah. I don't and want no parts thing. of it. Yeah. And that's the worrying thing. You're right. It's almost like an escalation. Yep. I mean, what we're seeing is kind of like, you know, it getting to a point where there is not necessarily one-upmanship, but what do you do to make your point? How do you actually deal with disrespect? I mean, is a way of dealing with disrespect, like you say, to check out? Yeah, completely. I think so. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I can't speak for the kids whose self-esteem is intertwined with their Twitter page because mine is not. But I know that when they get yeah. on my nerves or when, you know what bothers me is when I'm tweeting and then here come the roaches and I'm sitting here and it, 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 it's kind of like embarrasses me. Like I'm sitting here having a conversation with Mike and here comes somebody like, oh, she's a piece of shit. And I just be like, I was just mm. talking to Mike. Can y'all just do this in my mentions? Like, don't follow me <laughs> around. You know, just do this in my yeah. house. Don't do this. I get annoyed with that sometimes. But... I simply get annoyed. I just think that these kids are not built for whatever they're doing. And I I, I don't know. And I, I don't want any parts of it. Y'all can dox me and disrespect me all you like because I'm going to be able to take it. But it's going to break my heart when one of y'all gets hurt or I hear something terrible. Mm. And I'm even seeing people, like, get rid of their pages and I'm concerned. You know, I'm like, does she get doxed too? Like, we're all making fun of her and yeah. shit and stuff. But I also wonder, like, did someone also do what they did to me? Like, hey, um, threaten her and now she's out of here. I'd be concerned when, when, when big accounts, especially women accounts, disappear. Because y'all go too far. You know? So I, I just hope everybody just calms down. And, and, and for whoever's listening to this, don't encourage that stuff and whatnot. You know? But that's just my spiel for the week. It's weird not to talk about, like, a UFC fight or a Bellator fight. But... That's, that's I suppose it. it's related because, you know, it does seem to be quite, um, seems to be quite the atmosphere on MMA Twitter right now. You would have thought, given this Saturday's card, that that would be the focus of people's attention. But no, the framing of individuals and, you know, <laughs> basically you know, out in each other as racist and who can actually ratchet it up um, the, 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 the actual accusations higher than yeah, you know, then the proof and then the this, yeah. yeah they need proof and then they need this but meanwhile Kobe Covington and Tyron is fighting this this weekend exactly people are locking up their pages because they just people are getting doxxed and and you know people are literally hiding from a bunch of kids and it's just like I still want to have fun on this app so it's like if y'all want to play these games at least be built for it or like, just have some type of boundaries. And I think, Mike, you are mm. correct. Like, sometimes I do think the kids and all of us need to check out sometimes. You know, I think it's a good idea to kind of turn off the phone and kind of do something else sometimes for at least a couple of hours and then come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Twitter break. Just take a Twitter yeah, break. Yeah, yeah, because it's like if you feel the need to dock somebody or you want to ruin their own. I saw someone tell another person to kill themselves. Yep, I saw it over online beef and that's what i want to tell that person like you need to walk away from the computer or your phone right now but you know that's the worrying thing about that sort of sentiment that sort of statement is that projecting is that person saying that because that's a consideration that would be like a million miles from any solution that i would ever come up with but for someone that to actually use it as the default position to actually put that online and, and, and project that to somebody else, that must be something that's yes. coming from within. That's, that's something that they considered themselves. But that's why I keep saying they're not built for this, even though they're the ones doing it. They're not built for it. 
I'm built for it because I'm old and I didn't grow up online. But the kids that are actually doing this are not built for this. They're the ones that are going to jump off a bridge. And if y'all want to mm. play like this, y'all better create some boundaries because y'all are weak. Y'all can't handle this shit. Can you imagine? All I do is drag somebody online or sometimes I just simply ignore them and they lose their minds. Can you imagine if I dock somebody or if they found out I was a catfish? Or if wow. Kairos was doing some of this stuff, they would lose their minds. They're not built for mm. this shit. Mm. But they need to cut it out before somebody gets hurt. And it's not they can't blame me, Mike. You know they like to blame me for everything online. They blame when somebody me for when they blame me for everything. And y'all keep doing it because the number my numbers go up, people keep listening to the podcast, so y'all keep it up. But um I don't want no parts when shit hits the fan. Y'all can dox me all you like, but they not built for it. And when somebody, when there's rumors about somebody did this to themselves or somebody lost their job, I'm not going to be near it. And there you go. Yeah, and I yeah. can't. Well, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Kairos, did you have something to say? Or? No, 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 no. We can go. We good. We good. You, you okay. Go. No, I was about to say. Um, on that note, uh, I don't know how you're going to follow that, Kairos. That was kind of spicy as a as as one um, subject brought to the table to kick things off. But <laughs> you're up, my man. Your mentor did it again. Dana is getting the fire squad ready for him. When he comes back and tries to go to any public event, he, they're going to turn him away for this. I saw on Twitter today that he said the UFC are the front contender for signing Michael Chandler. And that they're trying to book him <laughs> against Tony Ferguson after the Dustin Poirier fight with them fell through. Because, let's be real, Danny didn't want to pay that man more than $10,000. That's why that fight isn't happening. That's so, insane. Yeah. So, like, all right, I, let me make sure. I, he did. That was not the number. I just made that up. So. No, I know what you mean, though. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't so want to pay him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want people to be like, what? What? Because I feel like people think it's, I'm serious all the time. I'm not. But. Yeah, I, my question is this, though. How do you guys feel about them taking... I understand Michael Chandler is towards the tail end of his career, but how do you guys feel about them just saying, all right, great, top three opponent in the world off of your first fight. Go right ahead. I think it's absurd. Yeah, but- I think it's absurd, but I know Mike is about to say the UFC is the best, is the best, and blah, 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 blah. I've been podcasting with you long <laughs> enough to know. You know no. what I'm saying? <laughs> so- I'll shut up. Taking the words right out of my mouth. No. <laughs> It's getting to the point we can speak for each other now. Like, we can switch roles. But um, I think it's absurd. Like, I'm I'm the person that's not in a rush. Develop the older fighters. Develop the fighter that just came to the UFC. Look at Ben Askren. Look what they did to him. The career is just flushed. They flushed it down the toilet. Uh, Chimaev, he loses... Any one of these fights coming up, you can flush him down the toilet. Look at, you know, look what they did to Johnny Walker. They just, no, slow it down and build the fighters. But, you know, I'm going to let Mike finish out with why you, you don't do that. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think it's absurd. Build? Build what? Is he a young pup? Is he a prospect? Are we looking at somebody who literally just come off the regional circuit? No. But this he's also not in his death. prime. Yes, but we're talking about someone who's basically a sharpened weapon someone who is basically ready and willing to go at a moment's notice someone who has proven his worth time and time again and to boot has some of the most compelling fights basically on the on the bellator um back catalog so he's right to be thrust in there but just just going back just ever so slightly Mm -hmm. about um ariel hawani dropping this ariel hawani I have to say, for all the criticism that he gets about, you know, um, the way that he 
what's the word, reports mm-hmm. and the way that he actually presents things. He's doing his job. His job, I thought, was to be an MMA journalist. A journalist props, a, a journalist actually um, does research. A, a journalist actually follows up on his own leads. And that's what he's done to come to the conclusion and come to the um, assumption. And, and it looks as though uh, come to the notion that, you know, this guy's getting, uh, getting put in there with the big boys. And why not? I see your I see your point. He's not a prospect, so he doesn't necessarily need to be developed. No. But I also don't think he just needs to be rushed. Kairos, where are you at on this? I'm curious. Yeah, I don't like the fact that they threw him number three. It reminds me of what they Thank did you. to Justin Gaethje when he first came in. Michael Johnson, who was number five in the world at the time. It was a main event. I was like, what in the world are they doing? It became the greatest fight like we've seen in a minute, but still like... They threw him through fire. Gaethje had one of the toughest like, UFC schedules from his day one in. I would have liked to see him like go after Ally Aquinta or Diego Ferreira or maybe like anywhere in that realm. But I guess you're right, though. He does have the credibility with Bellator in his whole career. But it's still just like, I don't like it because I like Michael Chandler. Yeah. You know, I, I suppose that I should really come clean and uh, full disclosure here. Um, Tony Ferguson was the main person that I put forward as um, someone that he should face (laughs) on his UFC debut. That is the person who I wanted him to actually clash. So I'm getting what I want. So there's no way I'm backing down from this position. But even if, even if that wasn't the case, but it is, I can't get away from that. He is top tier. He is, this is but you. I'm already... You're, you're going to hear it now. You're going to hear it now. This is the UFC. He yep, should be going up against the best. <laughs> See, I knew it was coming. <laughs> Let me tell you, like, I don't know. I just feel like Tony is going to beat the, not beat the brakes off of him, but they're going to have a hell of a fight, boy, and Tony's reach yes. and Chandler's wrestling. I mean, I get the star power and, and how much fun that fight is going to be, but damn, do you got to hmm. throw him to Tony motherfucking Ferguson? He's a killer. Like... And also, too, what are Chandler's intentions, too? Does he want to have fun in the UFC and retire in the UFC, or is he looking for gold? If he's looking for the belt, then, yeah, you do have to kind of throw him out there. Exactly. If he's looking for the belt. to the UFC to have fun. I don't know anybody who says, yeah, I'm going over to the UFC to it have fun. It looked like no, Ben wanted to have fun. With- <laughs> <laughs> that's where the epitome, that's where the best of the best are. You are going there to clinch gold because you are the best. Yeah. Well, you know. But I, I don't I think don't. there's winners in this. Everyone always talks about the winners and the losers in the situation. I think this there are no winners in this situation. You got two aging guys towards the tail end of their career trying to get a world title and fight Habib. This is going to be a bloody war. This is going to take yep. miles off of both of them. No matter who yep. comes out of this fight, miles will be lost. Time will mm-hmm. be lost and health will be lost. Guess what? Let's say Tony wins. You just took a beating. And another beating from Gaethje, and you took another beating against um, Michael Chandler. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just like, okay, great. When you finally get in the cage and fight Habib, is he just gonna hit you with an overhand, and you're just gonna crumble like Thanos right. snapped his finger? Like, we don't like this. Ain't no game <laughs> out here. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. like it. And even if Michael Chandler gets through on his end, it's like, all right, great. Well, you suffered some knockout losses. You suffered some defeats like viciously, and no one ever and- gets through Tony unscathed. And, and Kairos, can we also discuss the fact that this will also be at a discount? Can we also talk about the fact that if Chandler takes this fight, it's going to be far less than what Dustin wanted, and that just feels kind of yep. cheap to me? Do you yep. know? Like, that's how I felt when Gilbert fought Usman. I was like, this is the guy who took a voucher and a pay cut. You know, he's going to get a free meal after the fight, and he gets to fight for a championship. I didn't like that. 
You know, I cannot stand when Dana White does the um, the dollar store version of the fight we want because he didn't want to pay. And I'm going to feel that way if he does that to my man Chandler, and Chandler doesn't deserve that either. He deserves to get yeah, paid too. You, you guys are talking about, you know, people going in there and having the brakes beaten off them. I mean, this isn't Dancing with the Stars. This isn't like a teddy bear's picnic. We're going in there to see people clash. We're going in there to see people try and flatline each other. We're not going in there to see the Foxtrot. So, no, I'm not hearing that. I'm not hearing a bar of where you're coming from there, Kairos. No way. I, I enjoy a scrap and a bloody war just like everybody else. But... I always mm. look at stuff from like a few, like a whole picture type of view. It's like, all right, great. We're going to have a phenomenal fight between these guys. But what happens in the next fight and the following fight? And the fight, like, I remember when yeah. I watched Diego Sanchez fight Clay Guida, and I was like, ain't no way in hell he can keep fighting like this and win a title. <laughs> I was like, he sure don't, he don't, sure don't fight like that no more, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. So that's why I'm like, this, this ain't going to last for y'all. Like, and, I'm telling you, it, it ain't gonna be what y'all think. Just like when Tony was gonna, when they announced Tony versus Gaethje, and I was like, oh, this is so great. I'm like, y'all are not gonna like how this is gonna end. Cause one, Tony mm-hmm. about to get, oh, I almost said something messed up. Tony about to get murked <laughs> and, and look what happened. And also too, um, Kyrus, I saw your tweet about Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson. And I do agree. It should have been also talk of a five round fight. You know, that was kind of ridiculous, and I don't, I didn't want to see a three-round fight with them. And also, Dustin needs to be paid. I thought that was, uh, you know, like at the UFC is just really throwing stuff together here. Yeah, and they try and abide by certain rules that aren't even rules. Like, what? why can't you have multiple five-round fights on a fight card even though it's not for a title? Like, right. I'm, imagine if you had a title fight and then another title fight and then a fight that's basically a title fight for five rounds. Like, Dustin versus Tony on the card, and let's say it was Colby versus Us. I'm not Colby versus Colby versus Tyron on the card, and then you had like something else on the card that was five rounds too. People would eat that up. Like I would, if that was a pay per view, I would pay for it. You got to have different yeah. ideas and different thoughts and different strategies to bring in like different like streams of revenue. I really do think they need to get away from this. Oh well, it's not a title fight or the main event, so it can't be five rounds. I think that's dumb. I disagree. Yeah. Oh. They need oh my consistency, God. and they're really good at that. Now they're really good at being consistent and consistently good. And again, the way that I look at it is, I like the way that you know, from event to event, you know what you are getting. You know what you're in for. There is consistency. So I, I'm not with you there, Kyra. You're not with me. I just want to club him right now. Like, I have a big water bottle, and I just would have just hit you in the head with it if you was right here. Like, boy, what no, are you talking this today? Fighting, this is fighting with the stars, not dancing with the stars. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm definitely holding fast to that. I want to see a stand-up war, and that's what I think it will be. I feel that this is going to be one of the um, fights of the night. And really and truly, why wouldn't it be? These are two people who are basically saying, me next, I got next. No, it, it would be a, a stellar fight. Like, like, there's no, we're not disagreeing with you at all with that. And me and Kairos will be front and center watching it if they put it together. And we also know it's going to be a barn burner of a fight, but we just have our mm. concerns. But here's another question for you about this topic. What do y'all think of Dan Hooker and Tony Ferguson? I've seen talks of that. I mean, <laughs> I'm not feeling that at all, no? to be honest with you. Nah. Mm-mm. Dan can fight, though, y'all. Like, is it y'all don't respect him or y'all just, nah, you just don't want to see it? I just don't want to see it. I, I respect <laughs> him 
But no, if if you give me Chandler versus Ferguson, yes, all in again because I voted for that. But yeah. I just think that that's the level that he needs to be pushed at. Mm-hmm. He needs to be chucked in at the deep end. Yeah. Well, from what I'm hearing, they're angling, like Carrie said, the Chandler fight, and there's also talk. There were talks, I think, of Dan Hooker. Like I saw some rumors, so. I'd be on the lookout for those, and we'll see what Dana does. And I think Dana's really prepared to just throw anybody in the mix of Tony right now for the right price because it's COVID era and we're watching whatever. And also, too, breaking news, uh, Johnny Walker went down for COVID, so his fight would be scrapped. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. On Twitter now, and yes, it's going down. So expect, you know, we have to expect more of this, which means we have to expect more scrambling and more of Dana putting stuff together. So, you know, buckle up. Damn, not Johnny Walker. Is it true that he this left why... his camp? Um, I'm not sure. I think I did hear that, though, but I cannot confirm that. I, I heard he was training with Kavanaugh. That's what, what? I heard. Yes, like yeah, he left. Yeah, I heard he was at SBG. Right, like he left, um, what's it called? Tri- was it TriStar? Yes. And then went to, yes, that's what I heard. But I don't I don't know if that's true or not. I didn't know if that was a rumor or not. So he's just busting it open for any camp that'll have him at this point. Oh, he's just trying boy. to, he's just trying to get it anywhere. Okay, I see what he's doing. If he wants to, if he wants to sell himself like that, let's see, let's see if it pays off. Yeah. And you, y'all heard, I've seen like, um, sometimes Mike Perry um, trains with Yo Romero, which I thought was pretty cool. You know. <laughs> I did. That's, a, that's a room right there. I don't know what's that's a exactly. weird combination. Isn't it weird? Yeah. yeah. But if, if y'all calms still... his spirit, then I'm all for it because that man crazy. But go ahead, Mike. I'm I'm just still reeling from Johnny Walker yeah. being taken off the card. But speaking of that card though, and uh getting things back on track, I think it's about time that we heard from Chisanga Malata, who spoke to Darren the Dentist Stewart, who's on this Saturday's card. Well, quick turnaround for you. You're uh, you're you're back out stateside for this fight with uh, with Kevin Holland. How's it feel to be turning around so quickly? Like I know um, initially after your uh, win over Mackie Patolo, you said you wanted to you wanted to stay in the bubble and you wanted to get back out there quickly. But how happy are you that it's well materialized quite quickly? I'm all right, man. I would have preferred to come back home. The aim was to stay out there so I can be in the mode. Mm-hmm. When I came back to England, it kind of went a bit low. So I'm trying to hype myself back up again. No, I can, I, I, I can completely imagine that. So I, I take it that you just thought that, okay, maybe I'm not going to be fighting for like another couple months at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm back home now, you know. They're mm-hmm. suspending for 30 days. So I kind of lost that home from them. They're like, okay, you're going back out there. When I would have rather stay out here, do you know what I mean? Because we got to travel. Mm-hmm. He ain't got to travel like that. Yeah, and well, I, I I know you're not for one to making excuses or whatever, but do you think that that has somewhat been a bit of a detriment going into this fight? Well, just def- detrimental for your own preparation? No, no, everyone's different. I've always done it and I've always been successful. So I don't know. Can I speak for myself? Mm-hmm. So how has your preparation for, for this uh, fight been? Obviously, it's a, it's a short notice fight, so you don't get to prepare as much as... Uh, as pro- well, you don't get to see as much tape as on your opponent as possible. So, how has preparations for Kevin been? Uh, just doing me, just going to have a fight. The way these these fights are coming up quickly, you don't have time to prepare. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just have to go and fight, and what will be will be. That's all you can really do. I don't see how people can prepare for that two, three week notice fights. My style is good for that kind of quick turnaround anyway. Mm-hmm. I just turn up and fight. So. 
which is what people want to see anyway. So these quick turnarounds is what people want to see because it makes people want to fight. Yeah, and it, well, is, is that something that you 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 want to keep doing for for the foreseeable future? Like, well, I, well, I know you only fought um, in August, and so, like now you're fighting in September. But would you like to fight like maybe every three months or so? Yeah, yeah, and no, I won't mm. I won't do the whole four weeks again. <laughs> My body's just tired, isn't it? Because I have to keep maintaining. I don't get to like recover properly, or you know. So I rather just like yeah, at least two months, not three, maybe two, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Definitely not four weeks again. No, I, I, I can imagine so. Look, and we're appreciative that you're getting back in there so so quickly. And obviously, this is a this is a fantastic matchup against Kevin Holland, who's building up uh, some steam behind uh, behind his name. What have you made of Kevin's uh, most recent performance? Uh, good. It's a good fight, isn't it? That's all I can really say. <laughs> yeah. But another human being, isn't it? So. Yeah, no, you know, it's a very, it was a very good fight. Obviously, that um, that KO against uh, Joaquin, but it came. I'm pretty sure it came in the first minute of the of the third round. But it, it was a very good KO, and he's 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 as I said, he's getting up a a, a bit of steam uh, behind him. Is he somebody that you you had you've had on the radar, or is it the the UFC have just put him put him forward to you, and you've just been like, fuck it, I'll go for it. Yeah, fuck it, I'll go for it. I don't really look at no one like that. I just fight, make my money. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I know, I, I, I can imagine so, especially during this, um, this pandemic time. Like, well, I know you fought, uh, you fought Bartos in, uh, in, in March, and I'm pretty sure you were one of a few fighters to, to fight because of the, the pandemic thing. But so, wanting to, uh, to yeah. fight as often as, as possible during this time. Obviously, I, I know you've got a young family yourself as well, so it's imperative that you keep doing that. I'm sure that's at the forefront of your mind. That's yeah. That's that's what's on my mind now. I'm not really. I don't really care about, uh, you know, ranking, spotlight, belt, this and that. Because mm-hmm. the pandemic going on. When the next wave comes and we can't travel and fight, did you make enough money in that time? That you got to ask yourself. You know. Oh, yeah. So, them things there. You know, win, lose, ranking, belt. Don't really bother me right now. What I want to do is just fight, make my money for my family. So. No, that that's completely uh, completely understandable, and I I I know you're um, you're not driven by arbitrary things like like belts and rankings at this moment, and but the prospect of of getting a bonus surely is driving you in, in this fight as well, because as you said, you don't know when your next paycheck might come, and an extra fifty thousand dollars, what's that like thirty thirty eight thousand pounds or whatever, that would go a long way. That's what I'm, that's what I'm aiming for, man. <laughs> that's what I'm aiming for. It's all about the bonus, man. Get the bonus, but any means necessary. Just put on a fight, innit? Put on a fight, get the bonus. Result take care of itself, innit? Mm-hmm. And now that you've had, uh, well, uh, literally a few, a, a few weeks to, to reflect on it, how would you uh, assess your performance against uh, Mackie Patolo? Because a lot of people were, were, were really high on Mackie going into that. And obviously, I mean, as soon as you got that guillotine, that was all she wrote. It's always like that with me, man. That's, it's always like that. It's the same with this Kevin one as well. I just don't care that. I'm just going to go there and do what I do. Everyone was saying, like, you know, um, not to spectacle because he's a cool guy anyway. Yeah. Everyone was saying, you know, you know, coconut bombs and he's Hawaiian, he's tough, he's going to pressure you, body shots, big shoulders, strike this, strike that. And then, yeah, that happened, didn't it? <laughs> so it's the same thing as well with Kevin I'm not saying Kevin not going to bring it but I'm just not trying to hear it man I'm just going to go in and do my thing mm-hmm. and obviously you, you you touched on it there you said that you've been having to 
well to 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 watch your weight uh, be- between between fights how how well obviously you're about to begin your weight cut how how's it been so far doing that because obviously two weight cuts like in such consecutive such a short space of time sorry that's uh it's it's very arduous yeah it's stressful man very stressful i have to maintain it back home you know mm-hmm. it's stressful so but we're getting by we're doing all right so don't make excuses mm-hmm. is what it is you know I me mean? we're both fighting the same show same cage you know it is what it is so i'm getting by i'm getting by it's not easy like i said i'm used to having a three four month break mm-hmm. well i'm used to having after five used to having a week or two off and i couldn't because i was told to stay ready so during my lock my quarantine in the uk i had to do stuff at home which is hard mm-hmm. and then i think the last week of quarantine i got told i got a fight and you're leaving in two weeks um so yeah, yeah, it's mad, it's mad, it's crazy, but we're getting by. And I didn't actually see. Um, well, over the last few months during during uh, during quarantine, you've been entertaining us with like your your TikTok and Insta- Instagram videos. But I didn't see any during during quarantine. Did you put any out, or did I just miss them? During quarantine, what, oh, when, when, I was, when, when you came back, yeah, yeah. Oh no, they're there. They're there. I got loads, man. I've got, <laughs> I'm a drop. But what there's a there's a trick to there's a trick to TikTok, innit? You don't just put loads of shit out. Yeah, I've got one on there. I did, actually, I think I put two out during lockdown. Oh, okay, I'll have Maybe to I'll have story. to go back. And yeah, look. and it's just like right now as we speak, it's just blowing up. So what you gotta do? You gotta leave it there, let it die out. Like every day, it's like five hundred people following you. These comments, these, you just gotta leave it there until it dies out. Once yeah. it dies out, you chuck out another one. That's the trick to getting more followers and entertaining them so i did put two out though i put two out on there and instagram as well <laughs> uh seems that you're well you know not only good not only good with the guillotines but you're a social media savvy that's something that i wish i could say i am but uh I've, you I've, have I've, to, yeah you have to do you have to do a bit of both man yeah because we we as fighters get portrayed as like meatheads and cauliflower ears and grumpy mm-hmm. i don't know about anyone else but i'm not like that so no, that that that's that, that's very true. When I've when I've spoken to you at previous fight weeks before, you're well, you're very well mannered. You're very very well soft spoken, and you're the complete antithesis of what uh what the perception of a cage fighter is. So, is that something that you you continue you you want to continue showcasing to the world that look we're not these stereotypical uh, big big uh, big uh, burly juice head kind of fighters if you know what i mean because that's unfortunately still the perception that some people do have of a professional mixed martial artist yeah well i can't that's what I, that's what i want to do before but end of the mm-hmm. day i can't help everyone everyone's got to help themselves so i can only do what's best for me so and like you said i've been doing it and people still see us as that what you just said yeah so that just tells you that everyone's got to change and they just got to do it themselves so i can only do what's best for me so no, I can I completely understand. And uh, on a more serious note, I I wanted I wanted to speak to you um, about the the untimely passing of your your good friend uh, Jay Shepard, who many of us knew in the the mixed martial arts community in the UK as uh, a, a caring, love loving person who would give the time of day to anybody and would would go and jump through hoops for anybody if if asked if if asked. So obviously, after um you win over Mackie, you you really. Uh, you put up the shirt and as, as a tribute to him. How how difficult was it initially for you after the the tragic news of of Jay's death 
uh, emerged. I, I remember I was I was with my fiance and I just scrolled on Twitter and I saw it and even my 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 stomach sank to the floor hearing that. So I can't imagine what it was like for you as somebody who's known him for a long time felt. Yeah, it was sad, man. I started breaking down crying because it's the first time I've had someone in training. It's not just... Um, we were close, bare close anyway, mm-hmm. but in general, it's not just him, although I'll be like that for anyone because the first time I had someone that you train with yeah. has passed away. I have, I have family members that pass away all the time. I've been going funerals since I was young. Like, I've, I've been doing that, do you know what I mean? Like, Sometimes my mum might call me and say, yeah, auntie this or uncle this has passed away. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. It's sad, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, but having someone that's proper that you train with is different, and not just that you speak to every day. That's yeah. why it hit me hard, and I never realized it would hit me so hard. And like I said, it's the first person I've had and touch with no one else because you know what I mean. But someone else from my gym, I that guy would be the same. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it wasn't easy. Still ain't easy now, anyway. So no, I I, I completely understand that. And would, would would you carry on doing more tributes for him and continue to fight fight in his honor? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. It don't, it don't stop, man. It don't mm-hmm. stop. It don't stop. We keep going, and everyone, you know, everyone around the world, pretty, uh, love what I did as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even um, even Kevin Holland messaged me. Oh, did he? Asking for a t, yeah, asking for a t-shirt to promote, and uh, but I said I ain't got none in it. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you know, in the UK, that them Indian men are bumps <laughs> in the shops. Like it was mad, like it was a mad prices and that, but so I just had to say to Kevin that, like, sorry, man, I need yeah. to just. I can't get you one, but I said I'll get one sooner. And boom, we're fighting. So even he wants to represent as well. So it went worldwide, you know. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that that uh, anecdote that you shared about Kevin there. I think that's uh, that, that's a testament to his character because he's a, he's a very nice guy. He's a very per- like personable guy that everybody that everybody has doesn't have a bad word to, to say about. How do you find like? motivating yourself to fight somebody who is so nice and whatever or is that not an issue for you is, is, as soon as you get in the cage it's just business as usual um, I don't know Everyone, everyone's nice I mean <laughs> I, thought, I still talk to Julian Marcus we're like best friends <laughs> like, you know what I mean so and then he was nice so I remember after the weigh-in he came up to me saying you'll take a picture and that yeah. took a picture before we had a fight like just get in and just fight innit so Everyone's nice. So just get in there and you do it. It depends how you are, man. Like they say, sometimes they say, happy fight is a dangerous fight. Do you know what I mean? So it's not always about being too serious in there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm still going to go and do the business. The Jay Nightmare, the the the, the, Jay, the Mackie Batola one was a bit different. That was just full on. Cause I had to let some shit out. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But um, people, are, people are happy. You're going to get a good fight. Do you know what I'm saying? No, so, I, I completely... It is, it is what it, I completely, completely understand, and I, I'm appreciative of the time. So um, I'm just going to ask a few more questions. Um, I know that you said you you haven't really studied that much tape of, of Kevin, but I'm sure you are aware of his uh, strengths and weaknesses. How do you see this fight playing out stylistically? Just me wearing him down. I just keep coming forward, wearing him down, man, until he gets fed up. If you give him time, he won't get fed up, and he just he grows from there. Mm-hmm. But. My card is off the roof, so I'm just gonna keep going at you, wearing you down, man, until you break. And I know that you said uh, at, at the at the top of the interview that at this moment in time you're not fussed about rankings and and or belts or, or what have you, and that if if you get ranked, then so be it. That will be a, a, a byproduct of, of of a win. But 
what, in, in your in your mind, what does the rest of 2020 look like? Because I know you, you seem keen to, to fight again, obviously, because of the pandemic. So all, all things, uh, all things provided all things go well, will we see you out in uh, the cage for a third? Well, not for a third time, for a fourth time this year? Yeah, I'm still debating about it, man. This one's stressful. But I'm looking to go um, end of November, beginning of December, mm-hmm. hopefully. See how, see how this one goes, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The back-to-back thing killed me. Like I said to you before, it would have, it would have been all right if I stayed out here. But you know that when you come back to England and then, you know, you're quarantined yeah. and then been for 30 days, then they say you got to fight. you got to put and push the weight back down. It's just, just headache, you know what I mean? Hopefully, if I can get out end of November, early December, it'd be good. Or if not, no biggie, just go again next year. So I don't know. You just don't know about 2020 so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much and then jinx it, do you know what I mean? So... I will get through this one and then I might have a break. You know what I mean? Depends how this one goes, get another bonus. I'll be all right money-wise until next year. Or even January or something. Mm-hmm. But we'll see, we'll see. I definitely need a break after this, though. No, I, I, it, it's, it's wise not to make too many plans for 2020 because as we've all f- figured out, they can literally just go out the window and like the, in, in the blink of an eye, pretty much. So, All right, Darren, thanks for taking the time to speak to me. I really do appreciate it. Um, take care and good luck this Saturday thank you I do like Darren I have to say and it's not just because he's from East London it's not just because he's from London the guy is just so humble but man he will tear your head off yeah I like Darren I like obviously in the cage of course but you know what Mike I like that cooking segment you had with him that was pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) He is an incredible chef, and I, I have to say, shout out to um, Darren Stewart for being so game um, and coming on and uh, showing us his cooking skills. But man, he can't cook for shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> no, it's facts. Like, watch the video. Yeah. A, a cheating vegan tore him a new one, like, savagely. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. But, I mean, all jokes aside, fellas. Can we discuss the fight? Who do you think oh, wins? Lord. Darren Stewart or Kevin Holland? I'm I'm going Darren Stewart. I'm I'm the leader of the Darren Stewart fan club, so I won't hear anything uh, against him in this matchup. Mm. Listen. Ka- go ahead, Kyrie. Your boy's in trouble, <laughs> all right? He's in tr- he never should have oh, taken wow. this fight. Everyone, what? He n- I'm telling you, Kevin Holland is a problem. I'm like Y'all probably when he fought. No, not out, y'all. I'm picking Kevin Holland. Oh, okay. Well, y- y'all but in the UK, y'all in the UK <laughs> must not know this man is. De- this is the same guy who TKO Jeff Neal. This is the same guy mm-hmm. who's in between rounds talking to his corner, giving them comprehensive advice on what he's seeing in a fight. When have we ever seen a fighter actually that lucid in a fight, saying, "Okay, well, I see this, and I'm also trying to hit him with that." And they're like, "Oh yeah, great, great. You should try." And he comes out there and finishes the guy with the exact same technique he told y'all he was going to hit him with. Into the next round, like bro, come! How many people are that cerebral? So, 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 so hold on a minute, cerebral. Cerebral. Wait, so he's he's, <laughs> he's 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 articulate between rounds. Is this what you bring into the table? No, oh, he's aware. He's God. aware of the fight. How many times we see a fighter come into their come into their corner? Like, did I win that round? Or oh, he's he's yeah, fast. It's like, like motherfucker, right. we know he's fast. What are you gonna do about it? Like, right. there are so mm. many fighters who sit down on that stool and they got no clue what they're watching. It was like he was watching himself fight from a third person perspective, and then was able to 
comprehensively say, okay, great. He's doing these things. I'm trying to do this. But this is what's going to finish the fight. And he literally went out there and finished the fight. Against a tough guy. I forget the guy who's, who he beat. His was like Buck, Buckley. Buck, but that guy was a problem. He wasn't like some slouch. He wasn't fighting Kairos Bodley. He was fighting a real fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm uh... I I'm not as enthused as Kairos, but I am picking I am picking Kevin Holland. I think he is going to I think he's gonna pull it out, to be honest with you. I think his striking is superb, it's unpredictable. I think his confidence is scary, his swagger. Um and it's the same thing Kairos was kinda saying. That talking in between the rounds, how calm he is. Uh, I think his fight IQ is pretty is pretty it's pretty impressive. I'm sorry. Like the adjustments he makes to keep somebody on the outside, like in his last fight against, and yeah, Jacqueline Buckley was just beautiful. And then for him to land that right hand, it just seems so planned. And and he was, it was just dope. I'm, I'm, I'm moved. And I don't think this fight is going to go to the ground, but I think even if it does, I give Kevin Holland the advantage there too. I don't think it goes you know, to the I, ground, but I'm giving him that advantage. And <laughs> I, I think he wins. You know, hearing you talk about unpredictability and swagger and movement just reminds me of our next guest, and that is the return of the Bellator European Series was announced last week, where uh, Scott Coker talked about the scheduled um, shows which are going to be taking place in Milan and um, a history-making show in Paris featuring MVP and Ross Houston. Now, the Milan cards have got some real, like, uh, Welcome returns, I would say. James Gallagher versus Cal Eleanor are finally going to get it on. And Costello Van Stienis versus Leon Edwards is... Sorry, Fabian Edwards is going to take place mm-hmm. as well. But on the Paris card, I mean, talking about swagger, talking about movement, is the return of the Black Panther. Dominique Wooding is our next guest. He joins us now on Shots What's going on, my man? What's up, man? What's happening? Well, I was about to ask you. Bellator making big waves. Bellator about to make you guys really, really busy. But before we even get there, let's just take a step back. I just wanted to say, um, obviously, your name came up and um, you flashed past my mind. Obviously, when Chadwick Boseman passed away the other day, um, he was secretly fighting cancer. For you, given that, you know, you rock the Black Panther Mount Monica, given that, you know, that is your nickname, given that is your, you know, your your, your persona, as it were, when you're in the cage, what does his passing mean to you? So what, what is what? What does Chadwick Boseman's passing mean to you? No, obviously, like, it, 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 it gave us a big hit, obviously, when he, when he passed away, do you know what I mean? Like, no one, no one knew he was he was battling with with cancer, and, and t- like to be honest, fair play to his circle because that 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 stuff didn't even leak out at all. Do you know what I mean? So, like obviously, like going back to his death is like it's obviously it, it was obviously a shock to a lot of people, including myself. Uh, obviously, not knowing what he was going through and whatnot. Yeah, it's just it's cancer's cancer. Do you know what I mean? It's just. It just bites you like that, do you know what I mean? And it's obviously, obviously, it's unfortunate and whatnot. And um, obviously, I don't know what they're gonna do with the film now and whatnot. So, do you know what I mean? But obviously, like it was, a, it's, it's obviously, it was obviously sad news, mm. sad news, and and a big shock to a lot of people, including myself. But um, that's life for you, man. Do you know what I mean? That's life for you, and 
it could just hit you. It could just hit you. Just it can hit you just like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's next, true. Next, Oh, you're, you're, you're out of it, do you know what I mean? Mm, mm, no, 100 percent. And um, just sticking with the Black Panther theme, you will mm. obviously know that it was modelled on the Black Panther party of the 60s. Um, the Black Panther character was actually um, personified by that movement. But that leads me on to Black Lives Matter and the whole kind of like movement, which in 2020 has gained serious momentum, not just in the States, but in the UK. Have you been um, part of any marches or have you been um, obviously close to what's actually happening from borough to borough, considering that, you know, no one in the UK has been left untouched by the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, um, no, I've not, not, me personally, I've not been to any of the marches or whatnot, but um, obviously I have been supporting on um, social media and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's just obviously the way how things are. Obviously, everyone, everyone, the whole world can see what, what what's been happening. And obviously, this, 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 this is this is nothing new. This has been going on for so many years. You get what I'm saying? So to this day, we're still us as black people. We're still fighting. We're still fighting for 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 for, for our acceptance within within the society. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. Um, it's obviously to be honest. Honestly speaking, it's like me personally. What I think, obviously. Racism, will, ra- me personally thinking, racism will never, will never fade away. Always, racism will always be there. Not even just, not even just the black people. Other, other, other cultures, races and whatnot, and other countries and whatnot. Do you get what I'm saying? But mm. obviously, as for like us, as as black people, we've obviously been through a lot throughout the years. Do you know what I mean? Through slavery and just stuff like that. Do you get what I'm saying? So obviously, like it's like even like, for example, like little kids going to school and stuff like that. They don't really. The Western, the Western society don't really teach uh, uh, young, uh, young, young, young people in schools about uh, Black history, like in depth. Like they would teach, like let's just say, the Holocaust, or like I don't know, like um, let's just say, like let's just say, someone like Henry VIII kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, don't, they don't go into they don't go into the Black history. Uh, they don't go into Black history. As, as deep as like they would go for like these other subjects you get what I'm saying like mm-hmm. when they bring up these in schools and stuff like that they only bring up Pete like obviously like athletes um nurses like Mary like uh, Mary Seacole and 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 and, um, and 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 people like that you get what I'm saying but they don't really touch too too tough on onto the subject you get what I'm saying yeah but yeah with all of this happening now it's obviously making pe- people's heads turn around like white people as well and just different races and whatnot it's making people's heads turn around. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? But as a whole, like racism will never fade away. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Racism will never fade away. But 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 as of like right now, did like within these times, we're being heard out, and people pick people are picking up onto what we're what we're going through, kind of thing. Do you get what I'm saying and stuff like that. And obviously, like in America, it's a lot worse. It's a lot worse in America. And obviously, to be honest, like here compared to America, they got it worse compared to us. But obviously, there's still. There's still a lot of racism here, uh, um, 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 upon upon the, on the upon the blacks. Do you get what I'm saying? But obviously not as tough. It's not as it's not as aggressive uh, as how it is in America. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's 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 obviously a, a, a sensitive and powerful subject, especially being being a black person. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, um, just as yeah. yourself as a as a person. 
um, based in the UK. I mean, one of the prevalent themes, especially, you know, on an almost daily basis on social media that you see is um, young black men around your age actually being stopped, searched, basically um, antagonised by the police. Is that something that you've had to deal with? Um, in the past, I would say, like, maybe, like, in my, in my like, school days, like, secondary school and whatnot, obviously, like, certain people that I would, I would hang around with, obviously, we, we would kind of look suspicious and, suspicious and whatnot. But obviously, like, me getting into MMA just diversified uh, the people that I hang around with, like, yeah. as a age, you get what I'm saying? Because, mm. obviously, like, very multicultural, like, you, you could train with people that are black, white, green, blue, gay... Uh, atheist, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it's like MMA for me has diversified like who I'm surrounded by uh, as of like today. Do you get what I'm saying? Whereas like before, before doing MMA, I would I would stick within like my circle. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, so, I, I, um, I hear you. I hear you. So um, the, the blue person that you you roll with. Sorry. I was about to say that the blue person that you you roll with is that someone that you choked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe maybe yeah maybe sorry i interrupted you there go on yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like even like police searches and stuff like that. like obviously like us as a black people like like honestly speaking even you know yourself us as us as us as people as black people we're powerful people and the thing is the whole world knows that oh 100 percent. the whole world knows that mm. and, it, and 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 it cannot be denied do you get what i'm saying that's why we're the targets every time do you get what i'm saying i hear you do you know what i mean so obviously like obviously like in america and over here and just other places as well as well around the world like we're 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 we're, we're easily targeted do you get what i'm saying because we bring we bring a lot to the table in terms of if you think about the history of, of the earth and and um and and, 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 and and within within like the earth and like history within the earth and stuff like a lot a lot of black people's got a lot to got a big part to play in it. Do you get what I'm saying? So obviously it's like everyone knows we're 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 we're, we're, we're powerful type type, uh, type of people, do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Like, as a race, you get what I'm saying? So obviously there's a lot on the t- there's a lot on the table and there's a lot riding on it and that's why we're easily targeted by you know, the, like the Western society. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. I mean, just on that power, I suppose we have to, you know, ultimately talk about your fighting. You know, I like to stray off topic and then um, talk about things away from the cage. But just getting back to the cage and uh, your hiatus. Now, with all these recent announcements, we're talking Milan. We're talking like a historic and quite a groundbreaking show that yeah. uh, the Bellator are looking to put on in France. Which one of those actually piques your interest which one of those would you say that you want to be a part of and can you drop an exclusive as to you know when and where you will be fighting well i'll drop the exclusive right now anyway i already signed i already signed my fight contract anyway i'm, I'm i'll be fighting in uh bellator paris october the 10th nice i'm looking forward to that and um obviously it's, it's a it's a historic event because i think um france they just got legalized to do MMA events, I think this past January. So, this is like France's like first major promotion. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, officially, yeah, within the country. So, obviously, that's a historic event, and I'm, and I'm happy to be part of that. And I'm happy to to, to 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 showcase my skills in France and showcase my skills and 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 make a statement. Do you know what I mean? 
in this within this historic event. Incredible. So I'm chancing my arm here, but is there an opponent that you can talk about, or is it way too early? You said that you uh, you signed. Um, am I being really cheeky and asking you who the opponent is? Yeah, that, you know what? I'll tell you. I already told you. You listen. I already told you. Also, but the thing is, it's like obviously, <laughs> it's obviously like I can't say anything as of right now. I, I have hear. To wait for them. I have to wait for them to. I have to wait for them to to, to announce that. Do, do you get what I'm saying? One hundred. Like I'm saying, like my opponent, he's uh. Well, I'll tell you. Hello. You, you back, bro? You, you you disappeared there. Yeah, can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One thing I will tell you about my opponent, though, he's he's um he's he's eight and no, he's eight and no. Um, he's fought. He's 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 fought on. He's fought on. Um, he's fought on shows in in France. He's only fought in France, and um, it's this is a good fight for me to. This is a good fight for me to come back to. Do you get, do you get, do you get what I'm saying? This yeah. is a good fight for me to come back and make a statement. Do you know what I mean? Because since my last fight, there's been a lot going on pre that fight, prior to that fight, mm. um, even after that fight. So there's been a lot of things going on. Like a lot of things went on uh, behind the scenes before that last fight with Franz Balambo and whatnot. So obviously, no excuses in terms of him winning the fight. It was his night. Do you get? It was Franz. It was Franz's night that night. Yeah. It just wasn't meant to be. Mine, do you get what I'm saying? But obviously, now I've had one. Once I step back in, once I step back into the cage, it's going to be just over a year since since I've last fought. So. Every time this happens, every time like I come off a loss or what, or whatnot, and I take some time off and I come back, I always come back in devastating fashion. Do you know what I mean? And you know that. Oh, one hundred percent. And 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 I've 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 had a lot of time to um, improve my game and to to become a better fighter and just a better person in general. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Like, uh, when you, when you talk about the things which are going on outside of the cage, I mean, one of the things which I noticed, which is a really good look for you, is that you've actually changed management. You're now with Paradigm, which is the big boy agency. You know, yeah. not to not to discredit or not to say anything against Chris or MMA uh, Elite, but um, yeah. I, I have to say that is a, a definite step up. Was that one of the things that was a, a little bit of a distraction? What was going on behind the scenes, or nothing to do with it? Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You 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 know you know how the you know how the game is like, man. You know how the game. But you know when fighters are having situations with their management, and then things get a bit shifty and rifty, and do you know what I mean? And a lot of things is going on behind the scene. But that's that's the game for you. Do you know what I mean? Like there's always there's always adversities you have to overcome. Going uh, prior fight and after fight. You get you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. So like obviously. Me, me shifting over to Paradigm, um, what was the correct step for me? Like, even before me signing to Paradigm, I was in talks with um, other managements as well. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, so obviously, me, me, me signing to Paradigm um, was the correct step for me. Correct step for me. And the thing is, like, I, I've been in contact with Paradigm for the past couple of years. Anyway. Oh, you know okay. I mean? They wanted to sign. They wanted to sign me on from from a couple of years back, but obviously, I was I was laying my loyalty towards um. To, towards um elite, do you know what I'm saying? But obviously, yeah. Yeah, as as times change and things shifted, and just me knowing within myself that I needed that next step to elevate within my career, mm. being with Paradigm was 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 the right step, was the, was the correct step. Because I was I was even gonna sign to um I've been a, I, I got pre uh, pre um, Paradigm I got approached by um major major um uh, management companies um before I signed with um. 
before I signed with uh, Paradigm. But obviously, seeing what Paradigm do and how they move with their fighters and how they move from a business standpoint, I think that was the right move for me to make. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. And obviously, like even before that fight with friends, there was obviously more, more things uh, that was going on behind the scenes. But obviously, I'll leave that aside. Do you know what I mean? But obviously, that night was Franz's night. That wasn't meant to be my night. And fair play to him on a win for that for that fight. And obviously, I wish him the best on his on his future end of your end of yours within within his next within within his next fight. Incredible. But um, but um, obviously, obviously now I've got a fight lined up, and I've just been putting my head down, grinding, putting in the work. Do you get what I'm saying? I've been I've been shifting my training between. Um, Fearless and Renegade. Okay. Renegade with with uh, mixed with Titan as well. Back at home over here in London. Mm. Like even like during this quarantine as well. Like I've been I've been putting in the work. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'll be coming back making this freaking mad statement and getting that violent money, which leads me on to the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about. How deep in uh, violent money are you now? It looks uh, like you've got an ambassadorial role there because I see you rocking the face mask, rocking the socks, rocking the shorts, rocking the T-shirt. You're like, uh, if, if, if you were a stick of rock, you'd have violent money written inside you. I mean, how deep are you with violent money? Yeah, 100%. Obviously, vi- the owner of violent money, the founder of violent money is, um, is Nathan Grayson. Mm. Out him. Um, obviously, he brought me in to, uh, to have um, some partnership within 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 the business. So obviously, I'm part I'm part I'm part of Violent Money in terms of the business side of things. Right. As well. So, so it's obviously it's Nathan, me, um, and his other business business partner as well, um, Dan. That um, that are that are that are moving with 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 this with this with this VM with this VM brand. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. So obviously, we're 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 rising. Do you know what I mean? We're rising and. People, people are people turning heads and, and taking 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 note of of VM. Do you get what I'm saying? Which is exactly the step in the right direction that you need, and that yeah. will be obviously on show when you rock up to Paris on the 10th of October. Thanks very much for uh, rocking that yeah. exclusive with but us. Then, We're really re- really grateful for that. Yeah, 100 percent, man. Niggas in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas in Paris. Wow. Wow. Okay. Dominic, it's been incredible catching up with you and I'm looking forward to catching the Eurostar and uh, probably be uh, in a face mask. So I'll wave so that you recognize me. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, man. And even we can can even get a video interview done as well. Oh, 100%. So my talking point was this. In terms of a lot of the time... This does seem to be um, an overlooked facet of Bellator. They are carving out quite a nice little niche, as it were, for history making. A lot of people kind of, especially on these shores, um, need to recognise the fact that these fights that I told you about, they're going to be on terrestrial TV. That is no mean feat. That is a very difficult thing to pull off. This is going to be live on Channel 5. And for me, I just want to kind of like highlight the fact that I feel, and especially that this first event from a major promotion, again, is making history. It's going to take place in Paris. Now, given that it was illegal to have MMA events 
in Paris. Again, they are making history here. I just wanted to highlight the fact that I don't feel that Bellator get the credit that they deserve in terms of the history that they make, in terms of what they bring to the table, and that they are definitely um, one to be feared when it comes to, you know, possible, possible threats to the UFC's crown. Am I over-egging it? Rain me, rain me in. You know, I'm always asking you guys to rain me in. Am I being, am I over-egging things? Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Come on. Talk to me. Me or you, Kyrons? What you want? You can do <laughs> Yeah, you need your ass to be reeled in. Um, do a couple of things. Yes, um, Bellator having this production in Paris is huge because what Mike said, I be- France had outlawed... Um, MMA, correct? MMA. So mm. that is huge. Mm-hmm. But they just don't have the star power and their shit together yet for us to get too excited about that yet. That's why they're not getting, you know, you know the, the noise and, and everybody tripping off of this, Mike. It's because the, the quality of the organization is just not there, even though I enjoy Bellator. It's just not there. From the commentating to the, to the pacing to the weird promoting... You know, when, you know, the Ryan Bader family cookout was strange to me. It's just the, the commentators that they don't even talk about what's in front of them. The, the problems with the times, you know, American fans can't watch it at this time, but the Europeans are. And then you see the spoilers on Twitter. It's just a lot going on. But Yeah, but with the whole CBS deal, come on, they've actually ironed out those kinks. Plus, they listen to their fans. They're not wrong and strong. Gaslighters. Plus, yeah. you're, you're, I think you're, you're forgetting about the history they made in Hawaii. They got there before the UFC. But the fact that it's not a big deal says you something about the product, Mike. Put your UFC <laughs> in their shoes and it'll be a whole different story. They still Bellator still has work to do. That's why you, you're not getting a whole lot of hoopla about them doing all this stuff. What do you think, Kairos? Mm. I think I feel like Kairos agrees with me. What yeah, the UFC has a stronghold on MMA and it'll remain that way forever. Yeah. And I think the, it, it's the issue of just... Because they were the first and because they were doing all these things before everybody else, that became... There are people who think the UFC is actually the sport of MMA. They think UFC is MMA. That's That should tell you one thing about the organization. And it's like, what's the company called? A Q-tip. Q-tip isn't the item itself. Q-tip is the name of the company, but people think the company is the item, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's like that yeah. scenario. Like, you're just... You're fighting an uphill battle... At the hill keeps rising. I'm not going to sit here and say that Bellator isn't going to be a massive corporation or a massive production because they are. They're taking strides and they're making moves. I'm just yes. saying for us to act like they're going to overtake the UFC is a l- not yeah. a little bit. That's a massive reach, Mike. You're reaching right yeah. now. No, but you see, that's what I love about you, um, Kairos. You always, always, I think it's because you, just like myself, you love bars, you love lyrics, you love the way that um, MCs put together um, paragraphs and patterns. I tell you why, because you spoke there in similes and metaphors. You talked about Q-tip. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Hoover. Now I don't know if it's the same in the states, but it certainly is in the UK. Hoover was the brand name of the vacuum cleaner, the most popular vacuum cleaner on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's no longer the front runner. It's no longer the leader. Yes, people still call vacuum cleaners Hoovers, but the number one brand in the UK is Dyson for cordless vacuums. For um, upright vacuums, 
it's Shark. So what I'm saying is, Hoover's not even in the running. It's not even number one. It's not even number two. Hoover's not even in the top four, is what I'm saying. People refer to it as the generic brand name because it was first to the market. But what I'm trying to show you, what I'm trying to kind of bring to the table, what I'm trying to, uh, I suppose, um, the, the hill that I'm prepared to die on is that don't actually discredit, don't actually overlook what Bellator brings to the table. Right. I feel very confident in that Bellator is poised, I think, in the next few years to give the UFC a run for the money. And just bringing it back to the vacuum cleaner analogy, and that is Hoover being the number one brand and Hoover being what people refer to um, vacuuming as. I feel that we may be in a very similar situation where Bellator are actually nipping at UFC's heels a lot closer than they are in 2020. Mm, I feel I like you're trying to make me look like I'm a jerk. But here's a. Right now, if y'all listen to this podcast, y'all better go back and listen to what I said and how I explained it before. Because he made it sound like I said Bellator isn't going to be shit. And that ain't what I said at all. What I said. What I said was that they were making moves. I just don't know if they were going to overtake the UFC. And then Mr. Morgan out here saying, you're discounting Bellator's achievement. Just because, you know what, guys? Don't let this, you know how he always calls Dana White the ultimate gaslight? This man is the ultimate gaslight. A little bit, a little bit. This man spins more than an NFL running back with all these stories. And he has, he'll have your head nodding and shit, even though you don't even agree with a motherfucking thing, but you just go with it. Mike is good for that. Nah, I learned early. I learned what witchcraft he's capable of early. I always just said, sorcery. Yeah, I'm like, "Mm -mm, I ain't gonna let him see that. head nods but i'd be like uh-uh as soon as he's done talking i'm about to argue with you but I, my head be nodding <laughs> but you're right though yes they are they're doing a lot of things and i think and i think this this whole deciding that they're going to go international with events during this pandemic is also going to help their credibility i just wonder what the next step is because they keep pushing you mentioned hawaii yes that's true they beat the ufc and i still don't think the ufc is ever going to hawaii until they get like a massive indoor stadium i just i don't see a scenario where they're going to do it just because i don't think they see the value in it but which is insane yes which is insane because they just i don't understand but you know i don't know business whatever but what's going to be the continuation of moves that bellator makes in order to close the gap and even try and overtake them like you think that they're poised to do or you think that they're capable of you know let me ask um let me ask you a quick question. I don't I don't Kairos, did you watch Strike Force or were you not watching MMA at that time? Very time? little. Very like mm. very little. I went back and watched more than I watched. Right. And Michael, I you watched Strike Force, right? Yeah, I used to, I used to love Strike Force. What do you think was is better, Strike Force or Bellator? Strike Force. Yeah, me too. I kind of miss it too. I I I think that well there are two things. Well, I know this is bad to say this, but I still feel Bjorn Rebney and the vibes of Bjorn Rebney when I think Bellator. And that's what kind of like puts me off or not necessarily puts me off. But um, if we were to have tears of uh, what you like and what you don't like, it would be in terms of brands, it would be UFC, Strike Force, then Bellator. And that for me is, I think it's because of the, the shades of Bjorn Rebney that I've, I've you know, I'm still having a hard time saying, yep, I, I'm definitely all in with this. Plus, you know, they've done a lot of things badly as well. Whereas Strikeforce used to 
just basically blaze a trail in terms of doing things correctly and doing things right. But before I forget, what I wanted to ask you as well, mm-hmm. just connected with uh, me gaslighting about Bellator, was also the fact that they are looking at putting on the Paris event, again, making history Huge. as the first as the first um, MMA event back after the pandemic that features fans. Now, are they going too fast here? Do they need to pump the brakes, considering that in the last few days, France had seen an upsurge in COVID-19 infections? Yes, I, I think all of this shit is insane, Mike. You're talking to the wrong one. I feel like school, <laughs> um, MMA fights, nothing, until there's a vaccine, I think gathering in groups is pretty bad. I think people are wilding. I get the, the need to feed our capitalist needs in our economy, but I think we just need to cut it out with, with fans. And, and especially in France, the numbers are going back up. They're about to have a second surge. So why have a fans event? Like, they already got the juice. They're the first MMA organization in, in France. They didn't. Yeah. Why are you pushing it with having fans in there? You know, that's my only worry about all of this. Yes, it's good to be groundbreaking history makers and uh, standard bearers. But let's be sensible about this. And um, if all indications are that, you know, France are actually heading for a second wave and the numbers are going up horrifically day by day. Winter is coming. Why is right, this? Like... Yeah. What, why is this being pushed as an angle? I don't know. I think it's strange. It's probably a little greedy. But at, then at the same time, though, they're probably going to handle it well. Look how the, you know, the UFC is catching people left and right with COVID and they're doing a pretty True. decent job. So I'm pretty sure Scott Coker is going to handle this really well and in the fans' best interest. I just don't think it's smart. I would throw an air of caution and not do it. But just because that's me doesn't mean it's not going to be done properly and safely, too. Mm. So good luck to them. It's a little strange to me, though, because, like, in my heart of hearts, like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm a huge college football fanatic. I'm a huge, like, I know it's it's weird to hear me talk about other sports. Right. And on like, oh. Yeah, but I love college <laughs> football. And they're, they're having events, and they aren't really, I wouldn't say they're open to the public, but there are fans in those stadiums, like thousands of fans in the stadium. And they are having these events. So I'm sitting here like, okay, so if the NCAA got clearance to do something are like th- this. Are they tailgating or they're in the, they're actually they are in, in the stadium. Cheerleaders oh, and the band are playing. Like, they're in, wow. They're mm. in the state. I don't know how many people there are. Cause I was watching, um, I was watching a few games, but they had fans in them, in them stadiums. So I'm like, why well, okay. I thought you meant tailgating. Like I was like, Oh, they're cheering them on in the parking lot safely with masks. No, oh, they're, they're probably, inside. Yes. And they probably <laughs> were tailgating too. They probably were doing right. it all. They were yeah, probably doing it all. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like, okay, did they are they understanding how to deal with this a lot better or are they just like you know what fuck it like let everybody do what they want to do i i really legitimately don't know but i hope it's that they understand how to deal with this a little bit better and if they are then more power to bellator than if they're going to do because i remember at the start of this pandemic we were like trying to shit on the ufc for not we but right there were were people trying to shit on the ufc for doing it and so i feel like this is like one of those similar situations where it's like all right we're unsure until someone does it i feel like i'm keeping the one that's why I didn't jump down their gun and was like, you know, that's why I did say they'll probably do it safely. Now, question for both of y'all. If you could get mm. media credentials for this fight in Paris with fans, would you go? You know, that's one thing which I'm um, mulling over at the moment. It's likely um, that I would go because it's only literally um, an hour from where I am because Paris on the Eurostar it doesn't take you that long to actually jet through that tunnel mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm worried 
It's funny because um, um, Dominic Wooding was asking me exactly the same thing. And I, I'll say what I said to him, I'll say to you. If they can give me a little bit more assurance that the health and safety pro- protocols are paramount for media as much as they are for fighters, I, I, I'm there. It just makes but you nervous. At the moment, yeah. it's all pretty hazy. I don't know mm. what the protocols are, and that's what's kind of mm. like yeah. making me um in an R at the moment. Yeah, I, it does make me nervous, I have to say. I'm, it I'm doesn't gonna, care. Yeah. I'm not going to front. Because yeah. you've got to respect COVID. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. Mm-hmm. You could be a COVID denier. You, you, you could be someone who... You just you have to home? just respect it. It, it, it. Yeah, exactly. It's indiscriminate. I mean, if travel wasn't an issue, like, oh, I could stay. I knew where I would stay and it would mm. be safe and I could get in and out of the country... I'm, a, I'm not going to even hold y'all. I would literally yeah. go. I would literally, and I would document the whole thing, and I'd put it, like, out, like, for people to, like, I'm not playing this game, bro. I'm, like, I'm will, I'm one of them people who are, like, all right, I understand the risks. I'm going to weigh it. Yeah. And if I'm happy with my consequences, if it goes bad, I fine. I'm so unsure. be it. But I feel like I that would be, like, be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me. I so, have, like, like, I'm going to jump on If I could ask someone questions and really get into like if i could speak to somebody that just was doing the media credentials and had you know some information yeah. for us as far as our safety and if i could really read through it or just be mm. spoken to about it perhaps and also too you have to understand too media is probably going to be safer than actually fans fans are the ones that go to the concession stands and yeah. you're like in yep. the crowd and with media you know mike you're you're back there with food and and people but it's less people too so I don't know. I'd have to know the protocols, but that it would be groundbreaking. It's it's like a it's history in the making to go to the first. M, you know what I mean? It's like you, you contemplate risking COVID, a lung disease, just to just to go. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. It's the day and age we're in right now because all, all of us know. Like we had to make decisions to go back to work. You had to make decisions for your kids in school. Kairos and myself and Mike, we all work, and and so we are living with this virus. So. These are normal decisions to make. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You made some risks. Exactly. <laughs> Every time you dive in, I'm protected. You're making some risks. So this ain't nothing different. Now let me chill. Let me chill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, episode six in the bag. Shots fired. Oh. Next week, we'll be returning to do more or less the same thing, but with the four Musketeers as opposed to the three. Separate the weak from the opposite. Leap hard to creep them Brooklyn Street. It's on again. Stop all that bickering beat.